The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. My name is Roscoe Toss Cobble. I enjoy long walks on the beach, spending time with my daughter Gracie, and murdering people. My name is Colvick Darkley. I'm a half-white cleric of Hyaya. And I'm the keeper of the secret ingredient. This is Melvin Hardmeat. And you can reach the third dimension through my butthole. Previously, on the Very Good Adventuring Team. That was an unfortunate roll, so I think I'm gonna take advantage of my new toy that I got. Pretty, I'm pretty easily manipulated. The local clown union 420 will not be messing with you again. Hey, did you see us fuck up those clowns? <laughs> she starts laughing immediately. There's a, a long time between now and the actual ritual, and, well, a long time before the temple itself opens. Every 500 years is what is referred to as a turn, and that's when the ceremony happens. She says, I pick champions, they don't always win. Because I don't like being manipulated, or I don't like people around me being manipulated either. Consciously, I'm not telling you I fucked a goddess in my dream, <laughs> manipulating you. I can be. May just blim gold. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I don't know which way I'm heading. Math cure wombs, flame strike. What am I. <laughs> You're so emo and confused. <laughs> a couple days ago, Aegis had come to you guys letting you know that he has some relatives who run one of the nearby towns on the other side of the mountain range that's sort of like northeast of you guys. Aegis has not heard from them in longer than he has expected, and he wants somebody to go and check this out. Like a Jaborajin. You arrive at this village mid-morning. You are surprised to see and hear no one. Do we notice any footprints going in or out of this house or towards this house? More you, than usual? You don't notice more than usual. Um, this entire central area is... You can tell that there's a lot of traffic in this area, but it's snowed at least once since there was this great deal of traffic. Should we knock on the door? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we haven't had a knocking debate this episode yet. <laughs> Before we beehives around? Before we burn it down and notice people inside of it? So, um, I, have a, I have a few things I could do. I, obviously, I have lightning bolt, fireball. I have mage hand that I could maybe send over there and open a door or something. Like, we're for sure that whatever's in there is, like, malevolent, right? That's mm. why they would draw. Like, why would they draw us in through trickery? Uh, yeah, I mean, people don't usually cast spells on me to 
You know, bring nice me into things. the house and yeah. serve me cake or something. Right. I'm the last place we went to saved you tea and coffee, so that's true. I'm gonna go ahead and knock an arrow. All right, go ahead. I'm gonna shoot it. Try to shoot it into the door, like, and see what happens. All right, I'll have you make an attack roll. So with a twenty. What are you specifically trying to do? You're just trying to shoot it into the open space of the door? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's say... I'm just going to make kind of a random chance roll here. Uh, you hear from the other side of this doorframe a piercing squeal. It's challenging to describe. It, it is the sound of air escaping something at a high pitch, but there's just... There's something wrong with this sound. Is it a living sound? Uh, it seems to be. So did you shoot it at the door? Like at the door or through the through the door into the house? Into the house is what I was going for. Just into the house, yep. So Kovic, you have light, don't you? Mm, yes. How far can you throw that? Um, we can throw... Well, <laughs> he can cast light on something and then throw the Ooh, thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. So like an arrow? Yeah, we let's do, do that. And, yep. However, because Roscoe's arrow struck something, the first thing we're going to do is roll some initiative. <laughs> oh, no. I already ruined it for everybody. <laughs> no, I think that's where we were leading. I rolled a 10. I rolled an 8. <laughs> I rolled a... <laughs> there you go. What is going on over there? <laughs> I don't know. Shit. Fuck. God damn. I was looking at Kolvik's character sheet, and then I clicked his initiative, and then I couldn't find mine, and then, <laughs> and then I rolled worse, and I clicked mine, and then... Well, if your roll on his should count, no? It's the same modifier, so we're going to go with it. All right, that is a... Uh, do, 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 that is a 10 for Roscoe. That is a 8 for Kolvik, and that is a 9 for Melvin. 9. I will take that first roll. Thank you. And then... You're such a generous DM. I really am. Okay, this map doesn't have snow on it at all. Dude. Come on. Yeah. God. Weak. Just kidding. It looks very impressive. Well, it's not like I drew it. It stole it oh. from the internet, but... So it looks like a Google Maps image of my mom's house. They had that like 20 years ago. Alright, so in the initiative order, you will notice that Roscoe has a 10, Melvin has a 9, Kolvik has an 8. There are two other entities in there. Way at the bottom of the order with a 2 is Scree, and at the top of the order with a 15 is Glorf. Hmm. So from the house on the northwestern side, you see a barbed tentacle slither out of the doorframe. And a form begins to push its way out of this door when you have, when it realizes essentially that its ploy failed and Roscoe is not immediately within reach. The thing that pushes its way out is indescribable, literally indescribable. Your mind can't make sense of it. It is a mass of grasping barbed tentacles and teeth and fangs and horrifying purple and pink flesh. Hot. I thought you said it was indescribable. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks for destroying the dramatic tension building there. <laughs> All right. So descriptive adjectives can be applied to it, but <laughs> uh, it is. I mean, it's indescribable, like in the way that, like, the shape of an amoeba is indescribable. Like, it is amorphous mass. But it's it's beyond that. It is um, it is. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. It, it's Lovecraftian, if that adjective means anything to you guys, like Cthulhu mythos kind of thing. Like it's this a thing is, that should not be. It is a thing that should not be, and yet there it is across from you, seething out of the doorway of this building. Uh, it is huge, by the way. By the time it makes its way out, it looks like this thing is like eight or ten feet wide, and it is just. Farts and tentacles and <laughs> there's so many farts. There's just so many farts. There's uh, a, but butthole, is... a butthole in the end of every tentacle. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> From the bellowest lows to the trumpetish to pies. It truly is horrifying. And you get a bolus. And you get a bolus. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's not gonna make any sense. I don't care. A bolus. <laughs> earlier, dear listeners, God. earlier, we were reading an article which we surmised to be fake, but it did describe a man killing his wife and being charged for manslaughter by uh, accidentally killing her with a Dutch oven, uh, and the. The fart that was delivered was described as a bolus of gas. <laughs> so just, you know, have that as an image in your head. Anyway, <laughs> to cut along into this, uh, you notice also that there is another one of these things emerging from a building behind you as well. Uh, that would be Scree. So as this thing makes a series of horrible noises and is just in general disgusting and all kinds of other stuff, it is going to move closer to you by about yay much. Kind of reminds me of that thing in, uh, at the end of Prometheus. Oh yeah, the thing that gets cut out of her stomach and then grows to something truly hideous and then eats the super awesome alien guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, this picture is very... It's as close as I could get to what was in my head of this disgusting thing, but that would also have been a really good a really good image of it. I thought Prometheus was underrated. I agree. Samesies. On its turn, it is not within range of anyone. So what's... This thing obviously moved fairly fast for being a big blob of tentacles. Uh, it moved about 20 feet. Okay. So it is. it is, in fact, not that fast. So we can just kite this thing. We can, we can all run like 30 feet, right? Let's just run around town. <laughs> Shoot it, gross, it. Don't worry about it. Oh, here it comes. Uh, we'll see how well that goes because... Uh, do, 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 uh, let's see. Between Melvin and Roscoe, it is going to choose Melvin. And it is going to do this ability called Mind Bend. Melvin, I'm going to have you make a wisdom saving throw. On a failure, the creature must spend its next turn moving closer to the horror. The effect wears off immediately after this turn is taken. So you're going to make that save, which you failed. Ugh. So your next turn is occupied by moving closer to this thing. I don't know. 
Uh, and that will be the end of Glorf's turn. It's going to make me put my wiener in it or something. <laughs> right, Roscoe. Shooting at it with my bow. What, what are you doing? Shooting at Glorf. And I rolled a 23. You did indeed. What were you aiming at? Glorf. <laughs> <laughs> what part of Glorf? Center mass. Difficult to say. All right. That is going to be a total, a grand, grand total of 14 damage. What's Glorf do? Glorf doesn't really seem to notice or mind. Um, It has been continuously writhing and being generally horrifying this entire time, so. He did squeal when you shot that that arrow at him the first time. Mm -hmm. But that could have been a squeal of delight. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Glorf is into it. Anywho, uh, Roscoe, did you want to move or do anything else on your turn? Uh, yeah, I might as well back up, I guess. Uh, just in case you didn't notice, by the way, there are there's the other one that is basically straight to the east of you. Yep. Uh, Melvin, on your turn, you must proceed as close as you can to this monster. So I'm just going to move for you. Uh, hi, monster. There. 15 feet closer, and you are now directly adjacent to Glorf. And regrettably, that is your turn. Kolvik, it is over to you. Uh, that is, by the way, just a single turn effect that will, you're like now free of it. Okay. I don't like you so close to that thing, but at the same time, I'm interested to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm going to, what, how many? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Okay, um, seeing that he is very close to it and I'm actually very worried what would happen if he went into the teething mouth of this thing. I'm going to go ahead and try to banish it before it can do its next turn. Mm. Banish him to the third dimension. You're going to banish me to the third dimension? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Glorf. Oh, I'll keep you safe. <laughs> I'll save you. <laughs> All right, man. Just... Go ahead and uh, go ahead and do a, a banishment attempt on this dude. What's that going to be? That's a wisdom save on uh, Glorf's part. <laughs> That is something I should have read. It's a charisma saving throw. A charisma saving throw. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not think it from a giant tooth tentacle and et cetera monster, but this guy's charismatic as fuck. Also, so creatures uh, we're coming against are very... That seems counterintuitive. I mean, you don't know where this thing's from. Like, maybe this is like... The fucking David Beckham of of horrible monsters. <laughs> like. Play as smooth. <laughs> oh, play on, but play on. he is not. He is not horribly charisma. Char- <laughs> he is not horribly charisma. <laughs> also, English is functional today. Uh, so I'm gonna have you, Kolvik, make a perception roll. Okay. With a twenty-one on your perception roll. You can feel that as the target, which is Glorf, is banished from this plane of existence with a faint popping noise, that it does not, in fact, go to the third dimension. This thing is from the third dimension? No, it does not go to the third dimension. Uh, Dimension. Oh, gotcha. So he's not of this plane. 
Um, if the target is native to a different plane of existence than the one you're on, the target is banished with a faint popping noise returning to its home plane. Okay. Uh, you would have needed a higher roll to determine what that plane was, but you can at a minimum determine that Glorf is gone and Glorf is not coming back. What well, says up to one minute? Will he come back in one minute? Um, do, 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 do. If the spell ends before one minute has passed, the target reappears in the space it left. Okay, so the if my concentration breaks. Yep. Oh, actually, I thought. Hang on one second. Well, that's a. Okay, I read that as if he's native to this plane, but you discovered that he's not, correct? Well, by his definition, um. If the target is native to the plane of existence you're on, you banish target harmless to a demiplane. Uh, yeah, so basically, to answer your question succinctly, if the spell ends before one minute has passed, the target reappears in the space it left, or in the nearest unoccupied space, if that space is occupied. Otherwise, the target doesn't return. So, okay. A, that's useful to know in the future, because if you can concentrate for one minute, you can leave someone permanently in the third dimension. Um, but... Your force of will is pushing this thing into its native plane of existence. If you can maintain concentration for one minute, effectively its link back to this plane is severed and it stays where it is now. Uh, if your concentration is broken before one minute, then it'll come back. Kick-ass spell, man. Yeah, wow. I didn't even realize how cool this spell was. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Roscoe's really disappointed. He's never getting that arrow back. <laughs> And he doesn't get to see what happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still, I, I can still be a disc. Oh my God, English! You're right. My, uh, the concentration can be broken still. True. Very true. But I am actually going to run away. Okay. Far away as I can from. Brave, brave Sir Kovic. He bravely <laughs> ran away. He bravely ran away, away. Ran <laughs> away. Having run as far as you can to the west, away from Scree, it is now Scree's turn. Uh, I actually picture that name as actually Scree, but, you know, I don't want to say that every time, so we're just going to call him Scree. <laughs> Scree's going to move its 20 feet, because Roscoe is the closest character to it, it is going to make... Uh, it is going to make that mind bend spell against you, Roscoe. So I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. 14 is enough. You are not charmed by this disgusting, horrifying beast. SMRT. <laughs> and it will be, as a great reward for surviving through that turn, your turn to act. I'm running right towards him. <laughs> 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 Melvin, it is over to you. I think I'm going to use the brand new spell that I got, which, by the way, is called Victor's Magnificent Fist. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to cast a spell, and I'm going to see if I can grab stupid Scree by his big pile of tentacles or whatever he's got going on. And I do that. Are you attempting to grapple this creature? I think I'm going to grapple him. Okay. I want to try to grab him if I can. I mean, you've got several options of what this hand can do, but grapple uh, is what I'm guessing. 
Yeah, I want to just grab him. Okay. Grasping hand. The hand attempts to grapple a huge or smaller creature, and it is smaller than huge. You use the hand's strength score to resolve the grapple, which is 26 if I recall. Mm -hmm. If the target is medium or smaller, you have advantage on the check. It is not medium or smaller. While the hand is grappling the target, you can use a bonus action to have the hand crush it. When you do so, the target takes bludgeoning damage equal to 2d6 plus your spellcasting ability modifier. So the way that this will work is that it's going to be a contest, basically its strength versus your hand's strength. A 26 would be a modifier of 8, so I'm going to have you roll a d20 and add 8 to it. Oh damn. And this dude got a critical success on its roll, <sighs> Fuck resulting this. in a score of 25. You could still beat it. Not so much. <laughs> no. that'll, be a, that'll be a 12, and uh, so it is not grappled. The hand is still there, by the way. Um, and I believe that's a concentration spell, so Victor's magnificent hand will be there trying to grasp butthole tentacles. <laughs> I would like to say goodbye to our first patron sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can put this on like our Twitter description line or something, like inventor of the butthole tentacles or <laughs> creator of the butthole tentacles. Grasper. Gra Grasper of the the butthole tentacles. Well, to be fair, Victor's magnificent hand did not yeah. grasp. Non-grasper of the butthole tentacles. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is not successful. Um, you do still have movement or bonus action on your turn, should you choose to use those specific resources. Um, uh, no, I think I am going to stay where I am. Right on. Moving over to Kolvik. I'm going to move 30 feet back to the east. Get a little bit closer. Get a little bit closer than that. Get a little closer. Stepping farther back from Roscoe as he fights one out. Um, and I'm going to cast Bless on him. And that'll allow him to get a plus D4 to his attack roll or saving throws. Specifically, maybe Wisdom if they have to come up. Alright, so you gain, uh, or sorry, you grant unto Roscoe the ability to add a D4 to those attack rolls and to those saving throws. And as you do that, and Roscoe, you begin to feel so just hashtag blessed, Melvin, with a faint popping noise immediately behind you, Glorfri appears. Uh. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Kind of broke my own concentration on that one, didn't I? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, let's just say I am surprised. Uh, oh no! All right, so. Well, this just got a lot more interesting. <laughs> banishment is a concentration spell, as is Bless, and so the uh, banishment has worn off. Welcome back to the field of combat, Glorf. Hi, Glorf. <laughs> you don't have more of those banishments, do you? Uh, yeah, but not before his turn, mm -hmm. probably. Uh, so, Bless is a action. Did you want to do anything with your bonus action, or did you want to do any additional movement? I believe you only moved... Oh, no, you did move 30 feet. Never mind. And a bonus action would just be something minute, just like pulling something out of a backpack or something, right? Um, yeah, anything that specifies that it's a bonus action, etc. So, um, but you've already cast movement. a spell. And so, we're good. Got to 
Did I correct myself on that, by the way? You can, if you have a cantrip that's a bonus action, you can cast those in addition to a spell. I was corrected on that one, right? I believe so. Acknowledge my wrongness. All right, let's come on down to Scree, who's right in front of Roscoe. Roscoe, you are going to be flailed upon by these tentacles. The first tentacle is going to be a 18. What's your AC again? 15. All right, tentacle number one is going to hit. Can I uncannily dodge that? Uh, you can. That allows you to reduce the damage by half, right? Yeah. All right, so let me roll the attack damage. That would have been 12 bludgeoning damage, so that is now reduced to six. Uh, I'm also going to have you make a constitution saving throw. All right, your constitution saving throw is failed with a five. You don't quite feel right anymore. Oh, no. Oh, no. You can't tell how or why, but you don't quite feel right. Did you add your 1d4 to that constitution? <laughs> uh, it's not going to work. So yeah, that wouldn't five. It was a DC of 14, I'm not afraid yep. to tell you. Uh, a 19 for the second tentacle hit. Also uh, hits me. That's going to be 10 bludgeoning damage. I'm not going to make you keep doing the uh, con constitution saving throw since you already failed. And then the third tentacle hit is a 24 for an additional 12 bludgeoning damage. So a total of 28 damage that round. You now know what will happen if you're right next to one of these monstrosities. It's not good. <laughs> Folks, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> it kind of sucks. All right. Glorf, a little bit surprised to uh, suddenly be back on this plane of existence, but is not hesitating to lash right back out at Melvin, who is standing in front of it. Tentacle number one. That's a 19. Yeah, definitely hits. Hit number one is going to be 13 bludgeoning damage. Number two is an 18, so that will be eight bludgeoning damage. We're up to a total of 21. And attack number three, ooh, that is a critical failure. Uh, so that is going to be a total of 21 tentacle damage for you, Melvin. And I'll have you make two constitution saving throws. You failed both of those, so technically it's only one failure that is relevant. But uh, you also feel... Not quite right. Huh. And that'll end Glorf's turn. Roscoe, it is back to you. All right. I'm taking out one of my two remaining bottles of cleaning fluid, and I'm going to douse this motherfucker in it. Right on. And, if I may, strike a match to him. I believe that all of those things are things you are capable of. I'm going to just have you roll a d20. Three. <laughs> he is um, he is doused, but your match does not successfully strike him on fire. Uh, but you know what? I would say that that is a pretty simple action. I'll let you make one more attempt at it. Thirteen. There you go. That's a success. Uh, so you start scree on fire. Let's see here. This scree is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is going to be... And I, you know what? I'm going to let you roll the damage on that one. Uh, 2d4. 3 and 2, 5. Total of 5. All right, so it's taking 5 damage, and uh, until it is extinguished, it'll continue to take 5 damage at the beginning of each round. And remind me if I forget that. And then, can I duck back? 
You can duck back. I forget. Do you have an ability where you just get that for free? Yeah, cunning action. The, yeah, you can use your cunning action to dodge away from it without taking an attack of opportunity. So you do so, and you have up to 30 feet of movement. Melvin, it's over to you. I'm going to cast uh, haste on myself. Excellent. Probably not going to want a wizard missile into these guys. I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. (laughs) Right into its mouth. (laughs) 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 Well, there we go. There's there's Melvin gone. And then, uh, so I can move pretty far away, right? Now that you are hasted, um, you do have an additional action available to you. And your movement speed is doubled. And you got plus two to AC. Uh, so when my, is my speed or my movement distance doubled so I can potentially go up to 120 feet? Um, we went through this, we went through this last time we cast, uh, or last time you cast haste. So your movement is 30 to begin with. That is doubled. So that is at 60. If you wanted to take the dash action on your turn, that doubles it again. So that would get you up to 120 total feet of movement. So that's just... Um, is that just one action, though? So then I have another action? Uh, so you used your action on this turn to cast haste. It grants you another action. So a subsequent turns, you'll have two turn or two actions, but this one you just have one remaining. So I... Um, is climbing... Like, if I wanted to climb on top of a house, is that something... Like, it, would that take the place of dash or something like that so I could... You would, uh, you would dash. Jumping and climbing do not take the place of your movement. Uh, they just consume movement. Gotcha. Uh, and I think it's... I'm probably going to fuck this up, but I think it's like double. So if you're climbing up like 10 feet, it'll consume effectively 20 feet worth of your movement. Okay. I want to try to move... Um, I want to move up and climb onto the house behind Scree. All right. So the very first thing that is going to happen... Um, is I'm actually just going to measure that just to be sure you were right here. Oh yeah, 85 feet. You're well within range there. And I'm obviously going to try to go around him. Uh, you were, however, within melee range of Glorf. And that means Glorf gets a tentacle attack of opportunity against you. That is a 20, which will be a hit. So you are going to take an additional 10 bludgeoning damage. Um, and then you skirt wide of Scree, and you make it up onto the roof. Um, in the future, by the way, if you want to avoid attacks of opportunity, you do have the option to take the disengage action on your turn. Gotcha. But now that you're on the roof, you're probably not going to get hit again the rest of combat, so... All right, Melvin, you have taken 10 bludgeoning damage on your attack of opportunity from Glorf. You have run across the town center area. And scurried your way up onto a roof. Damn. You are now about 10 feet above everybody else in combat here, and uh, there you be. You're going to straddle the top of that roof all Snoopy style? Yep. I want to be kind of like uh, in the topmost portion of this roof, but uh, kind of like have almost the house between me and him possible. Oh, getting yourself some cover? You're yeah. not just like right on the peak of the roof like a weather cock? Yeah. Buenos noches, Vigat listeners. How the heck are you? 
Things are steady here in Meloto. Not much to report this time around. Summer's ticking away. Adventuring is chugging right along. Reviews and Patreon supporters are holding steady. And the fish tacos at my neighborhood taco place continue to be amazing. Say, have you been to our website? If you haven't, it's thevgat.com. T-H-E-V-G-A-T dot com. I'm looking at it right now, and it's just lovely. A pure visual joy to take in. I mean, right across the main page is links to all of our different places you can listen to and subscribe to our show. I mean, we've got Apple Podcasts, we've got Google Play, there's Overcast, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Castro. We don't have a link for it out there yet, but of course you can find us with a quick, easy search in Spotify. There's links to our Patreon and the slowly building Reddit page. You know, our website is basically just a bunch of links that go elsewhere, but at least you can enjoy our site for that brief moment before you move on to all those elsewheres. Hey, you know, I was sitting here just trying to think of something else useful to say in the mid-roll, but by golly, I just can't. So without further ado, let's just get back into fighting these horrible, horrible monsters. Kolvik, it's over to you. Well, after slapping myself in the face of the stupidity that I did of losing that concentration. Can't believe I did that. <laughs> it worked well the first time, so I'm going to go ahead and do it again. All right. Sorry, you get no more bless. <laughs> <laughs> um, do it on that guy as a fourth level spell. And that is a charisma saving throw, if I that recall? That is correct. And your DC again? Oh. It's got to be higher than 12. It is. It's a spell save DC is 15. All right. Glorf pops back out of existence. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I'm picturing he's like popping in and out of existence at his mom's house. He he gets back almost, aw. (laughs) Could I do a perception again and see if I realize where he came from? Uh, Yes. Go ahead and do another perception roll. Uh, 15 is not high enough. Also, um, so I think I did the same mistake, right? Because haste is a concentration spell, so my big hand popped out of existence, I'm sure. It is, in fact, a concentration spell, so yes, uh, Victor's magnificent hand is uh, is no longer there. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot that one was concentration. I didn't even get to do anything with it. Good job fessing up, though. The Lord will reward you with uh, whatever. I don't know. I can't I think, think of anything uh, funny to put at the end <laughs> of that. I think your mistake was a little more necessary and in the action, then. <laughs> Surprise, cockbag! <laughs> kiss me, kiss me. Surprise, shirt cock. <laughs> All right, now we are over to Scree again. Scree is going to shuffle forward. Guys, we need to get these things together. I don't like them. I like being surrounded. You guys need to get around Scree and get up on this fucking house or something. <laughs> Alright. Scree is able to move to within 10 feet, and unfortunately for you guys, those tentacles on Scree are 10 feet long. Mm. Uh, so it is able to attack. Uh, it is going to take three tentacle attacks. Tentacular attacks. Attack number one will be against Kolvik. Kolvik, that is going to be a 26 against your AC. That's got to <laughs> wow. hit. Wow, yes. That'll be 13 bludgeoning damage, and I will need a constitution saving throw from you. Okay. 
Excellent constitution save. That was a critical success yes. of 22. Second tentacle attack. That is going to be against you as well, Kolvik. Uh, 11, I'm guessing, misses your AC. It does. Final tentacle attack is a 4. That one will be against Roscoe. I miss. 11. Sorry, was that the actual number? Um, but that still misses. Let's take a quick summary and recap here. We had some uh, some Glorf getting banished in and out of combat a couple times. <laughs> right now we have in the town center area Scree in roughly the center or close to. Both Roscoe and Kolvik are about 10 feet to the west of it. And Melvin is about 60, 70 feet uh, over to the east on top of a building. Roscoe and Melvin, you both have gotten poisoned or diseased or something, but you can't quite tell what it is yet. Kolvik managed to succeed on his constitution saving throw and is not in any way suffering detrimental effects. And we have no clue what those detrimental effects are yet, do we? Nothing's been felt yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Roscoe, it is back to you on your turn. Did he take his burn damage? Uh, oh, you uh, reminded me. Thank you for reminding me. Minus five burn damage. Thank you, sir. Oh, and I'm going to roll. I'm just going to roll and see if he... Nope, he's still on fire. And I can take... Uh, I can shoot at him too, right? After I move. Yeah, so you moved over to the east side of him. That goes, what was that? That was probably about 30 feet worth of movement. Uh, and yes, you can definitely still shoot on your turn if you'd like. Yeah, I'll take a shot on my short bow. 15 is going to be a miss. Ooh. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Melvin, over to you. What are you going to do from your rooftop perch? I'm going to cast Lightning Bolt at Scree. I'm going to cast Lightning Bolt <laughs> at Scree. <laughs> With authority. <laughs> it's not working. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, this never happens for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about that? Hey, there we go. Dexterity save for Scree. Scree is not terribly dexterous, so let's find out how that goes. That is going to be... A really? critical success of 19. Wow. That's, uh... Whew, that sucks. Uh, so that'll be half damage on the save. 27 damage gets rounded down to 13. Balls. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing <laughs> you're going to stay where you are? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, That's ridiculous. <clears throat> actually, and I have another action, right? So Yes, you do. Um, it can't be another spell, but it could be another cantrip. Is that right? Yeah, you can cast a cantrip. Um, well, I'm going to cast Ray of Perkins at this guy. Let's see uh, what happens. Yeah. Yes. Let's see what happens. Let's see what his poop looks like. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think he poops out of all of his butthole tentacles? <laughs> <laughs> Just comes out at once, like pours. Oh, gross. <laughs> and, and no, it's like, what the fuck were those things? Those, the kid's toy where you plug the hose in it and it was all the wacky <laughs> waving <laughs> arms? The water wiggle or something? <laughs> I will tell you in advance that this thing isn't going to look too much different inside out. <laughs> um, Alright, so we're going to have to do this manually because this thing is... He looks better. So I think I get two beams of one... So I'll roll a 2d10, I guess is what I'm looking at. So beam number one 
That's an 11. That's a failure. So the nine hits. The second constitution save. So the second one fails. So you're going to do nine damage total with Ray of Perkins. You see a little squirt come out of one of the tentacles. <laughs> Kolvik, it is over to you. I'm going to do bless again. I'm just kidding. I'm going to... <laughs> You've got a solid deadpan delivery, man. <laughs> it sucks. Um, do I notice that Roscoe would be under any sort of illness, or is it just, it hasn't caused effect yet, has it? No, there has been no effect yet. Okay. He's, um, it's just, like, well, Kolvik and, uh, or sorry, Roscoe and Melvin can just feel, like, a little not right, but it hasn't mm -hmm. manifested in anything other than just a, a feeling. All right. Well, I'm going to go all Pirates of the Caribbean, Johnny Depp, and run up to this guy and kind of get up to his mouth. And do and inflict wounds on him. Try Ooh. to grab his teeth. Dang, yo. That's gross. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> a 24 is certainly enough to successfully inflict wounds on Scree. Okay. I will be doing that at a level third. Third level? Hot yep. diggity damn. That is going to be a total of 24 damage to Scree. And that finally gets Scree over the bloodied point. Did you want to do anything else on your tiggity turn? Nope, just trying to make a distraction for... So he doesn't go the other way. Well then, it is going to be up to Scree, and uh, Roscoe's a little further away, and, well, you're literally hanging on to one of its mouths, so uh, it's going to just whip its hair back and forth. <laughs> you're going to get tentacle number one. That's a 21. Hits. That'll be an 11 bludgeoning damage. Tentacle number two... 25? Jesus, I cannot not roll under 20 today. Mm -hmm. 24. 13 damage. Last one is a 13. That'll be a miss. miss. So I want okay. you to take 24 bludgeoning damage and I want you to uh, take two constitution saving throws. Alright. One. Two. That right there is two successes. You, sir, are just about disease-proof today. Which is fantastic. <laughs> uh, but you did take a whole boatload of damage on that one. So, mm -hmm. back at the top of the order, Roscoe, it is over to you. All right. Kovac running up to that guy enabled me to turn around and run back to Scree. And I'm going to do a sneak attack with my daggers. Excellent. Uh, that will give you advantage as well, by the way. 22. Man, that is definitely a hit. 5d6. Plus my regular damage, right? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. <laughs> so that's a 19 with the d6s. Plus 12. Hot diggity damn. Yes. So a 12 plus 19 is going to be 31 damage to Scree. Die. That gets Scree well into the wrecked range. Oh. But Scree lives. <laughs> Thankfully, Roscoe's still got his offhand dagger attack. Sure do. Should you, choose, <laughs> should you choose to accept, 18 is a hit. Die. <laughs> Come on. Three. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I put everything into my right hand. <laughs> Your second offhand dagger attack yeah. swings around. I imagine it's like the guy off Scary Movie with the little hand. Oh, 
<laughs> so your uh, your limp wristed dagger attack it uh, it cup wings off of a tooth, but it just happens to sink into the very sensitive and delicate space uh, between two other teeth, and it's like flossing for the first time in a long time. Blood just gushes out of this thing. <laughs> Gross. Oh no. <laughs> And, uh, and it just, like a big, disgusting flesh balloon that's been popped, it deflates in front of you and immediately begins sizzling and dissolving into a pool of black ichor. And you've exited combat. Now, as long as... Uh... Won't you sit down and concentrate for a minute there? Yeah, cool. I mean, that's going to stick where we're at here. And... Or do we want to set a trap for this thing and let it come back into, like, fire and flames and stuff? I don't see any. Can we open up the portal? good that can come of that? <laughs> open up the portal, uh, the portable bag. Just let it fall in and tighten it back up. Ooh, the portable hole. The portable hole. But I'm not sure if it would, even if it did die, would it just like go into this black puddle like this one did? I don't know. Me either. I don't know if there's anything valuable in these things. Probably not. I was gonna skin it and have a whip made out of its tentacles, but it dissolved like a bitch. <laughs> what are you doing dissolving little bitch <laughs> you're like poking at it with your tagger still come on alright fine we'll leave well enough alone <laughs> that's probably for the best doesn't really make good podcast material though uh, you know our combat sequences are long enough people want to hear us do comically stupid things that is true that's kind of our shtick is uh <laughs> what can we what can we screw up so <sighs> so so we're sure we don't want to bring this guy back from the other dimension uh pretty sure he's probably happy being home it was his last day till retirement Oh. Make sure <laughs> you, you picked that up telepathically. Like. I did. He seemed pretty happy over there. He's too old for that shit. One of these things lived to like thirteen hundred years or something. <laughs> I mean, it is like some horrifying Lovecraftian like outer plane <laughs> monster. So you know, they may they may even be immortal. Who knows? Well, but, you know, they were probably trying to find a way to get home, and I just did them a favor. You know who's not immortal? Of... Scree. <laughs> <laughs> As you banished Glorf back to his home dimension, you just hear "Thanks" whispered <laughs> on the wind. Killed his partner. You know, there's gonna be a <laughs> there's gonna be a second one made. Yeah, so. right. That's a buddy cop movie that didn't turn out. Yep. Right. That was, that was, uh, was his partner. Um, they, they were running a company together, and now he just gets the whole company to himself. He's like, thank you so much, man. Yeah, we appreciate that. Goes and sees his wife. You won't believe what happened. 10.1%, <laughs> <laughs> man. I just Zuckerberg this guy, and I didn't even have to kill him myself. Alright, so Melvin, are Melvin and I still infected? Um, yeah, so let's play this out in, uh, in the moments that happen after. So it takes about a minute worth of concentration for Kolvik to um, fully make sure that this dude is banished to its home plane. And shortly thereafter, you're going you're gonna to start feeling both Melvin and Kolvik. Um, you, you uh, sorry, not Kolvik, sorry. Roscoe and Kolvik. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he really wants to be, you to be in the <laughs> I know. 
Roscoe and Melvin, it's been about 40, 50 seconds since combat ended, whatever that works out to be, in about a minute since you got attacked and felt this weirdness within you. Oh, yeah. Are, I, we, are we pregnant? <laughs> face huggers. Uh, and what I'm going to have you each do is I'm going to have you make a wisdom saving throw. Come on. Roll not crappy. Wow. Melvin, you... Well, uh, hey, I'm going to use a luck point. Ah. Because I am very lucky. And I would like to re-roll this fucking shitty seven that I got. Excellent. Roscoe, by the way, succeeded with an 18. Uh, All right, so with an 18 and with a 22, um, you guys both, you feel a little weird for a moment, um, and then the moment passes. Must have been that bean I ate for dinner. (laughs) Call of a cat's bean. That was a good push. I feel like it should be recognized. (laughs) Thank you. I was a little trophy. a moment. All right, so that's that's all that happens right then and there. Well, what what, what would have happened? Well, you're not going to know until it happens. Will the audience know? Are you going to tell the audience? No, no. I'd, I mean, I, I just, could do that. Do you guys but... just have a stomach ache? That's pretty much what happened. There's like, oh, a little tummy rumble. I mean, I, I can do stuff to help them, but if I don't know any symptoms, I can't really help them. Uh, yeah, you actually, <laughs> Colvick, you have no idea what's going on here. You don't know that these guys are feeling weird. Nope. No metagaming. No metagaming. No metagaming. Okay. No meta. I just let out like a really hot fart and I just don't know why. <laughs> like, you not like fart. a loud one, one of those ones that's like... <sighs> <laughs> Did you fart out your mouth? Or... Yeah. I can't fart, I thought. That's... Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> just the infrared scanner in the third dimension just like heats up for a second. <laughs> I suppose really all of your farts would be like that, too. It would just be like a breath of hot air. There's no sphincter containing it. <laughs> anyway. So, that's all that happens there. So, you are now standing in the center part of this town. You have a disgusting pile of melted black ooze that was formerly scree. Is there any loot in there? Uh, you rifle around a little bit in there and you find nothing but disgusting paste. Poking at it with a stick. <laughs> the stick just starts melting a little bit. As well. um, and, uh, and, you know, that's, that's basically what's, uh, what's going on in that town area. So anything that you guys want to do from here? Well, we should probably try to find the rest of the townsfolk. Yeah. Um, Hello! I assume there's no pieces of townsfolk and... Inside of Scree? Nothing that you can find recognizable, no. Should we go into one of the buildings they were in? I agree. What's going on? Let's do that. I'll go in the one that Melvin is on. <laughs> do we want to just uh, ask him if we want to take a short rest here at all? How are you guys doing on hit points? Yeah, inside this house here. Huh? There's probably beds in there. I think Kolvik's probably hurting worse than I am. I'm hurting. Is that a... I know I'm hurting. Want to do a long rest then? I mean, we kind of killed the two things that would have killed anything in town, I think. Um, that we know of. That there we could know be of. more in other houses. That's yeah. true. Well, do you just want to do a short then? Use hit dice? No, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Long rest it is. All right. We're going <laughs> to lock the door. Which house are you doing this Close again? Close the blinds. <laughs> the, oh, this would be the eastmost house. This the is one the that... one that, the, uh, that Scree came out of? Yes. Yeah. All right, so before you start the long rest, 
you enter the um, the main room of this house. It's a little bigger than the one that uh, Glorf came out of. Not by much, but it is definitely bigger, and it's got a little shed sort of thing attached to the side of it, and a little fireplace, etc. When you enter the room, you find viscera. There's no other way to describe it everywhere in this place. Like, people, animals, just torn apart and scattered around this room. It was indiscriminately eating pieces and throwing some around and whatever. This room is disgusting, and it smells terrible. So long rest, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right at home. Um, basically, what the what this tells you is that this this building is where Scree was hanging out and luring villagers and animals and all kinds of other stuff into its grasp. And uh, the leftovers of that are hanging out here oh. in the room. Do we say anything of value? Uh, it everything in here is just covered in disgusting crap. But you do find. A handful of gold pieces and what have you. Nothing noteworthy. Nothing noteworthy. No. I'm assuming it's like a great noble painting above the fireplace on the mantel <laughs> with a huge spray of blood across it. I'm assuming that's the gonna be the same thing in Glorf's house. I don't know. Let's go find out. You don't want to rest first. <laughs> hey, we, can go next, we can go next. We can go next door. The dead people aren't gonna bother us. <laughs> Gosh, that rib cage looks comfortable. Probably the scent of what's in here is gonna keep away any other predators, or draw them in. Anyway, yeah, let's let's just go long rest in the the next house to the left. All right, so you travel over to the next house to the the western side of the map there, and uh, this, by the way, happens to be the mayor's house. Oh. The mayor, who was also uh, conveniently the uh, sort of treasurer of the town. This house is not covered in blood and viscera, etc., by the way. This house was not inhabited by a eldritch horror. Uh, so digging around in the house, by the way, um, I'm going to have each of you make investigation rolls. Thirteen. Ten. <laughs> just, just nope. <laughs> <laughs> Roscoe, with the 13, you are able to successfully find the stash of the treasury of this town. And I would say looking around and seeing that basically everybody's dead, you probably don't feel any guilt in taking the 8,933 gold that is the wealth of basically this entire town. No guilt whatsoever. Holy balls. Yeah. You try to take a long rest and, well... You successfully take a long rest. There's nothing left alive here to uh, <laughs> disturb your long rest. You notice now that you were looking around in that other place that, I mean, these things, they took everything. There's no birds, there's no foxes, there's no cows, there's no nothing. Like, these things lured everything into their little dens uh, and devoured it all, so. That's not it's, sustainable at all. It is not. Nope. Um, they did not kill any of the plant life or any of the rest of it. They're definitely uh, carnivorous and only carnivorous, but... Do we have any sense where these things came from? You really don't. Um, if you, uh, well, let's say if you wanted to make a uh, history roll. I think I can call that history. <laughs> uh, Roscoe, with a 20, you have... You don't really know where these things are coming from. Um, specifically, like it's not a it's not a named place really, uh, but you have heard stories of these 
eldritch terrors, these things beyond, um, effectively things that come from beyond the, the border of the universe. And they are terrifying and horrible monsters uh, that warp people's minds and feed upon humanity and similar things. It's not a place that even if you knew where it was or how to get there that you would ever want to go. So just popping into some other universe is like what they do? Or they end up here somehow? More or less. They can push themselves into other planes sometimes. Or sometimes they are drawn by, by uh, other people, called out, etc. Sometimes they just live in a plane and feed off of things until they're killed. I wonder which one this was. Fellas, do you think we should check out this castle-looking thing next to us? Yeah. Well, Aegis is going to be bummed to learn about his buddy. So you guys check out that other house next to the, the mayor's little shindig there, and uh, it's just like a sort of a shrine. You know, it's set up as a place for prayer and worship of the gods and the forces. You don't find anything special in there. This isn't like earthly religions, not to name any specific one, where everything's all covered in gold and incense and fancy stuff. It's just, it's just a, a sanctuary, a place to be meditative. Okay. Do we even need to go next house over to Glorfs? Or have we seen one <laughs> Viscera house? We've seen them all. <laughs> we you should probably to... look at it again. <laughs> Gonna find another reason to vomit? Sure. Oh, mm-hmm. go. I would go Glorfs. Uh, you find a very similar scene to the house that Scree schlubbed out of. Um, it's gross. It's super gross inside. You uh, <laughs> just find a lot of mess and nastiness. I'm glad we came here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other places we should be looking? Uh, do we think that anybody might have survived? You take a very thorough search of the town. I'm not even going to make you guys roll for it. These things, um, these things destroyed this town. Uh, they, it's not a super huge town. I mean, it's nowhere near the size of Andon even. But this place is just gone. I was about to say decimated, but uh, decimated implies like a loss of by 10. 10% or whatever. This is everything emated. It's, it's just 100% emated. There's nothing. Well, guys... Looks like we got ourselves a new town. <laughs> and we get the whole town? Yeah. Let's burn down those Viscera houses. Why? Can we just clean them up, then it good as new? I don't think so. It's <laughs> like can, worse than we, a meth house. We can rent them out. We don't have to tell anybody what happened. <laughs> <laughs> You'll notice there's an interesting art installation in the following <laughs> rental. <laughs> don't worry, none of it's real. First month free if you clean it up. <laughs> Vigo the Carpathian lived here. <laughs> You'd probably, I think, need to give away like a full year worth of rent to get somebody to clean this up. Episode 35, Horrible, Horrible Monsters, was released on June 24th, 2018. Please join us again next week for another amazing episode of... Vegan! Vegan! Vegan!
The Very Adventuring Team. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Oh, friend. This is going to be an editing nightmare. You know, I mean, I think people have come to just expect this level of fart laughter and insanity from us, so we're just, uh... And we, we did just describe this thing as having, like, tons Horns of tentacles and... with a butthole mm -hmm. at the end of each one, so... Yep. Alright. The beast that should not be... Anywho, All right, Roscoe. Guys, silent farts from now on, okay? Yeah, try and... Can you imagine the Ray of Perkins coming out of this thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.